This episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast is brought to you by our new sponsor, Oakley. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not just the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com for more information today. Oh, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, <clears throat> the beard comes up and <laughs> bites you in the keister. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, it is your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you uh, for another, a second episode of the, uh, well, live stream uh, from Nick's Film School here today. Um. Yeah, we thought this was worth me coming on here for. Uh, so, two, well, one piece of news and one report broke within the span of about 15 minutes of one another. And we're going to go through them both. Um, I'm going to start with the simpler one because I think it leads directly into the bigger one. So, um, and. And we just keep getting tweets. Um, <laughs> so Josh Hart, uh, 5 p.m. deadline today to either opt into his $12.96 million player option, off of which he can sign an extension of up to four years um, or opt out and sign a brand new uh, contract. <clears throat> he opted in to uh, said $12.96 million player option. This may seem innocuous on its face. I could assure you it is not. Um, the reporting on this um, matter has been, I would say, fairly uniform in the sense that if Josh Hart opted in, again, by all reporting that I've seen, and if anybody has seen anything else, feel free to chime in. Uh, his opting in would be a way to accommodate the Knicks such that they can use their full um, non-taxpayer mid-level exception of $12.4 million. We've been talking about that matter all week on the lunchtime live streams, KFS lunch break, um, because, again, based on all the available reporting out there, uh, there is zero chance, I would say, maybe not zero chance, a 1% chance that they would make that move, sign Dante DiVincenzo or whoever with the full mid-level. We're, we're assuming it's Dante DiVincenzo. Um, Ian Bagley went on uh, the putback. Shout out to Ian. Shout out to SNY. Shout out to the putback and every, all of his guests today. Uh, went on the putback and essentially said today, like if like it's he thinks they'll they'll work it out in terms of getting you know the money. Like that, the, he, I'm not going to put words in Ian's mouth. Go back and watch the putback for yourself. But it was clear to me as an observer that Ian seems to think. 
they will work out a contract or there's a, a, a good possibility that they work out. a. am not putting any words in Ian's mouth. A good possibility they work out a contract with Dante DiVincenzo and that subsequently, subsequently, they will trade a rotation player. Um, and this concept of trading a rotation player, again, much discussed. It has been out there. The only the question isn't whether they're going to do that. The question is who and by extension, how many? Um, sure, there's a world where they could just trade Obi Toppin out the door to someone, get a draft pick back, and then try to squeeze a whole bunch of guys into... I did the math earlier today. It essentially means, because we know Brunson and Randall are playing their 34 minutes at least. It essentially means, RJ, uh, you're going that 30 minutes a night. Everybody else... Josh Hart, Dante DiVincenzo, Quentin Grimes, Manuel Quickly. You're going to play about half the game. And uh, we know it never works out evenly like that. I would indi- I would st- guess that it's not just going to be Obi. And at least not to start the season. Um, and that they got... They would figure out a way to do something else. And they would do that signing with the confidence that they would have another move lined up in which they could get back what they felt was appropriate, meaningful, usable value. And I say usable because we all know what their goals are. We all know what they're trying to do to get to those goals. It is stockpiling assets to get a star or stars in more stars in the door. And the better the stars, the, the better, the happier they'll be. Everything, 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 everything has been geared towards that singular goal, which is not to say that they have one path towards that singular goal, which now begins us to transition towards the other topic, which is the Woj tweet. Uh, so James Harden, for anybody who may not know, James Harden uh, opting in to the final year of his deal, notably, notably cannot extend off of that number if he's traded. Um, so whoever is trading for him is trading for a guy who's going to hit unrestricted free agency next year uh, when he will be the ripe young age of uh, 35 by the beginning of the 2024-25 season. That's happening. Entering unrestricted free agency. Maybe there's some kind of a handshake deal involved if and when he gets traded to wherever he gets traded to. Um, so that was the initial report. They're Harden opting in and they're going to work out a trade. Subsequent uh, report from Shams indicated it was perhaps the Sixers who were not enamored with meeting Harden's contract demands and that uh, his opting in is more of a way for the two parties to do right by one another. The Sixers to send Harden to a place where he wants to go and Harden to ensure that the Sixers uh, get back, you know, something that helps them. Um, I have seen the notion posited in a few places that this could be the beginning of a Sixers teardown and that they may decide to pivot into um, being sellers and 
Not going to happen. Zero chance. Absolutely not. Just hired Nick Nurse. Still got Joel Embiid. Unless Joel Embiid... And and, and hey, this is the one caveat, so I shouldn't say 0% chance. Until Joel Embiid walks into the office of whoever, Daryl Morey, the owner, I, I don't know, um, and says, I am not going to be playing any more games for this franchise. Uh, you will now trade me. Until that happens, there is a 0% chance that the Sixers pivot into a rebuild. If he walks into the door and demands a trade, which, frankly, I would would shock me immediately after they uh, hired Nick Nurse. And Nick Nurse is all kinds of excited about coaching the team. They still have Tobias Harris. They still have uh, Maxi. I know. Um, and uh, they're going to probably get some in this Harden deal. That's, that's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. So let's put that notion aside. So how is Harden going to help the Sixers get stuff that helped them win? Well, um, Shortly after his initial tweet that they're going to work on a trade, uh, Woj tweets out, and I want to I want to read the, the the quote exactly because I I think the wording I think the wording is important. Um, of course, there's a my feed I, at this point in time, like uh, during the year, especially I have like literally thirty some odd people on uh, notifications, so um, I. Have to scroll quite a bit before I get to the original tweet. Here we go. The Clippers and Knicks are expected to be among the teams that'll engage with the Sixers on a potential James Harden trade. Uh, sources tell ESPN. Okay. Um, I think the wording is interesting. Uh, Brett Siegel, by the way, and shout out to whoever put this into the Substack chat. Uh, hold on. I want to give this person Matt or uh, Fred's burner as he's commonly now known. Um, it is looking very likely that a James Harden deal gets done before the start of free agency tomorrow. Um, it's just one reporter. Um, he's on with clutch clutch point um, clutch points. Excuse me. Um, whatever. So Woj sends out that tweet. And since that tweet, we have since gotten a couple opinions from the people who actually cover the Knicks, one of which is from Steve Popper, who said he wouldn't rule the Knicks out of the Harden talks, but much more likely as a three team deal with the Knicks stepping in as ding, 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 a Paul George destination. Um, Ian Begley also sent out a tweet a little while ago. He heard the Knicks interest in James Harden at the moment is far from uniform throughout the organization. I'm going to get back to that line in a moment. Clippers have strong interest in trading for Harden. By the way, shout out to Ian Begley. I believe Ian uh, preempted Woj on the Clippers' interest. So Ian broke LA's interest in James Harden, although I think that had been like tangentially floated out there by someone earlier in this week. But as far as I'm concerned, Ian broke that. And here's the last part. Would assume the Clippers' interest is stronger than the Knicks presently. Okay. That's pretty much everything we have right now time to put on captain obvious hat for a moment there's a trade in which james harden gets sent to the clippers to play alongside paul george and Kawhi leonard make more sense than any i think 
any conceivable realistic trade in which he gets sent to the Knicks. Yeah, pretty much. It makes more sense for Harden. It makes a lot of sense for the Clippers, um, who could talk themselves certainly into being a championship contender with Harden running the show with those two wings. I think that would make, I mean, if they're ever all healthy and, and motivated, which, you know, we'll see. But like that would make that team dynamite. Makes all kinds of sense for the Clippers to do something like that, if indeed they can. And by the way, the Clippers do have, the Clippers have real stuff. They have some distant draft picks because all of a sudden you look, you turn around and that Paul George trade that, um, you know, docked them all of their picks and Shakespeare Alexander. That was four years ago. Where the fuck did four years ago? I, you better, you beats me. But all of a sudden, some distant picks of theirs have, have opened up. They also have Terrence Mann is a really good player. And you want to talk about a guy you could drop into pretty much any uh, or onto any roster in the league and you would make them a lot better. That's Terrence Mann. So they have real stuff. Um, to say nothing of the salaries that they could also throw in the deal to make the to make the math work. Norm Powell, you know, is, is still a good player. So they have real stuff. How much leverage do the Sixers have to demand that future draft equity, Terrence Mann, whatever? That's the real question here, and that's the real question. And it's it is the first of several unknowns that we simply sitting here right now do not know, which is why and. I'm going to go back to Ian's tweet because what, what's first rule I always say here, always trust Ian. You don't have to trust anyone else, least of all me. Always trust Ian. Clippers have strong interest in trading for Harden. The Knicks interest is far from uniform throughout the organization. That means there is interest in trading for James Harden within some members of the Knicks organization. Might it be one prominent member of the front office? Might it be two? And we don't have to sit here and go through the list of all the people who may or may not be important decision makers within the Knicks front office because there are so many freaking cooks in the kitchen, which is why anytime you have a situation like this, it shouldn't shock anybody in the least to hear the Knicks mentioned as a possible interested party, because if it's not as if this is Masayu Jiri running the Knicks or back in the day, Jerry West running the Knicks or when he was still running the team, you know, Bob Myers running the Warriors or Sam Presti running the Thunder, where it is unquestionably the buck stops with this guy, because the, the guy in this organization that the Buck stops with, Leon Rose, the only thing we know about how Leon Rose wants to run the organization is he just wants to hear what everybody else thinks. And then he'll make a decision based off of those opinions. So the notion, like the Knicks are the opposite of the team where you're going to get that like consensus, like, nope, this is the path. This is what we want to do. We're not going to divert from the path, which is why I said earlier, they have one goal, but they have no set path towards that goal. And they have, continue to figure it out along the way. I would say pretty well. They have not made any glaring missteps. But the notion floating around that I have seen, and maybe it was just in the Substack chat, I'm sure it's on Twitter, this like immediately talking ourselves into, well, obviously the Knicks have no interest in acquiring James Harden for themselves. Clearly, they would only be involved as a third team in a three-team deal, or they're just you know in there to drive up the price for the, the Clippers. Stop it. Stop it. 
We don't. There are so many unknowns here. If the Knicks could get James Harden for a prayer, and I'm not saying they can, but if the Knicks could get James Harden for a prayer because the Clippers look at the situation and they're like, well, wait a minute. Hold on. This guy's making he's going to enter unrestricted free agency in a year. So a year from now with a roster that is already deep into the tax and is going to be on the doorstep of the second apron. And by the way, if you don't think the Clippers care about financial concerns, they non-guaranteed Eric uh, uh, Eric Bledsoe, Jesus Christ, Eric Gordon late last night. So even Steve Ballmer has his limits. Translation is worried about the second apron because the basketball people are telling him you have to worry about the second apron. So if the Clippers are looking at this situation and say, "Wait a minute," so wait, a, we're gonna we're gonna lock ourselves into this this roster and be restricted from doing everything and deal with frozen draft picks and fucking picks being sent to the end of the first round if, if we're in the second apron too many times and all of this CBA stuff. W- hold on. We're, what are we supposed to give up for James Harden? You want Terrence Mann? You want distant, unprotected draft picks? I'm s- no, I'm sorry. Our offer is salary. You know, some of our, some of our salary and uh, maybe one future pick with protections. Okay. So in that scenario, if you're the Knicks, and you're able to get James Harden for, and again, I'm just making shit up, making shit up. RJ Barrett, Evan Fournier, and two of your protected picks. Okay. Now, certainly, probably the majority of the people watching this live stream right now have just thrown their heads back in disgust at the utter notion of trading a 23-year-old RJ Barrett for a, how old is he right now? 30. He's going to be 34 by next season. So we'll just call it 34. A 34-year-old James Harden. That's fine. You know who I am fairly confident would have a meeting about? The prospect of swapping RJ and Evan Fortier and a couple of protected picks for James Harden? The Knicks. You know why? Because James Harden, for all of his bullshit, and oh my God, does he come with as much bullshit as any player in the NBA this side of Kyrie Irving for all of his playoff foibles, which he, by the way, corrected a little bit in the playoffs this year when he had some of some absolutely extraordinary games, including one of the best playoff games I ever watched. Um, game one against Boston, where he went into the Boston Garden, put the team on his shoulders and beat the Celtics. There's way more bad than good when it comes to the playoffs. He's only going to get worse. He's aging. He takes incredible, aw- incredibly awful care of his body, um, does not treat the professional part of professional athlete with any modicum of serious for seriousness for all of that for all of that this is a player who let's see what do you, what do you average 21 and 11 last year led the league in assists 54 effective field goal percentage um got to the line six times a game but that's only because he didn't have the ball as much as he usually is uh accustomed to having it because he played next to joan bleed which maybe would good be preparation for playing next to whether it's Kawhi Leonard or Paul George or Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. Um, and for all of the consternation he caused, still got all NBA votes, still considered by even the biggest James Harden critics to be, I, I don't know, at worst, one of the 30 best players in basketball. If you're the Knicks and you have an opportunity to get, get that guy for what you don't consider to be meaningful, outgoing assets, or at least let me be very careful with my words here. Assets that you don't feel if they go out to door 
and this situation with Harden doesn't work out will meaningfully disrupt your paths to the end goal, well, you're going to consider that. Now, again, I'm relying on Ian's tweets, Popper, I'm sure other people that I've missed. I don't think the Knicks will ultimately come down on the side of, we want to be in the, the James Harden business. For all the reasons the Clippers may not want to be involved in the James Harden business, but ultimately probably will because they're going to say it's the best of several bad options. The Knicks are arguably in a better position than the Clippers because of the age of their roster, because of the fact that they have all of their picks. They may not have as much championship equity next season, but you could argue that they're in a better position and they're not as desperate as the Clippers are um, in the immediate future. I hear all of that. I just want to make sure we're all on the same page here that if you think the Knicks are going to turn their noses up at the notion of trading for a guy, I mean, did he make the all-star team? Last, I don't think he made the all-star team last year, but like, no, he didn't make the all-star team last year, but I, he was in consideration for a guy like that's still really good, but really, really good. I, I, I just don't see it. I don't see that being the case. I think they're going to talk about it. I think that they will probably, again, I'm just, not knowing anything, I think they will ultimately come down on the side of, you know what? There's a lot of reasons why we shouldn't do this. But like, are they going to make an offer to Philly? I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe that offer to, uh, that offer may be, I'm trying to think what the worst possible offer they can make is. I guess he, I guess they can't make the worst possible offer because the worst possible offer um, doesn't have enough salary. Uh, so I don't know. Fournier and Hardenstein, but they like Hardenstein. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they maybe they say we'll give you forty eight Barrett, but you have to give us something back. Maybe you know whatever. Uh, in addition to Hard, who the hell knows? Um, but yeah, I, I just James Harden's really good. Yeah, would it be a clunky fit potentially with with Jalen Brunson? Would the defense be a disaster with him, Brunson, and Randall? Yeah, I, we like tell me something I don't know. Obviously, all of these things are the case. But there's more than one way to skin a cat. And there's so many unknowns here, starting with the big guy who will remain in Philly for the time being. And if the Knicks have a chance to help weaken the situation in Philly and potentially exacerbate Joel Embiid getting frustrated with that situation. Now, again, another unknown. Did Joel Embiid actually like playing with James Harden this year? Did he like it? Did he think it was just fine? Did he hate it? Like, that's a big variable. If he loved it, and I would assume the Knicks would know if he loved it, well, then that's a pretty relevant piece of information. I, on the flip side, if he hated playing with James Harden, that's an incredibly relevant piece of information. All of these are relevant pieces of information. All of them are pieces of information that we do not possess, which is why the, no, the, the, the notion to just throw this out. And again, we don't need to throw it out. I don't need to convince anybody to throw it out because Ian, again, just Quoting the guy that is, it, it, it does not put something out there unless it's rock solid. Interest in Harden, far from uniform. That does not mean it is non-existent. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award regardless of the severity of your injury and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Paul Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100.
Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. And now, a quick break to tell you about our new sponsor, Bird Dogs. Do you want a pair of shorts that aren't just comfortable but make you look good? Well, Bird Dogs has just what you need. Their stretch khakis are designed to fit slimmer, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. That's because they aren't like regular shorts, which are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Instead, they invented a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but stretches. Now, you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs also use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all summer long. So I'll ask again, want to look good while being comfortable? Don't hesitate. Head to birddogs.com to check out their full catalog of shorts, pants, and so much more. You can also use the promo code POOL to receive a free Yeti-style tumbler with your first order. Again, that's birddogs.com. That's bird. B-I-R-D dogs, D-O-G-S dot com and promo code pool, P-O-O-L to receive a free Yeti style tumbler with your first order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. What's up, Knicks fans? Express your style and build a look that's made just for you. Oakley's changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, train, or just want to look like your favorite athlete? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakley's today. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self and an expression of your personality, with Oakley, there's more than meets the eye. Here at Knicks Film School, our motto is look good, play good. And that's why Oakley is the perfect partner for us. Not a one of us leaves the house in the morning without our Oakleys. And listen up, because it's officially almost summer, which means you need to upgrade your sunglass game now. Check out Oakley.com to get yourself a pair today. Also, did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? Now, I know what you're thinking. GMAC, what the hell is that? Well, it's a technology solely used by Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? Head on over to oakley.com and check it out for yourself. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses. That'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com for more information today. I'll call Andrew up here before we get. I don't know if we have any comments or super chats or anything, but what are your thoughts on this? Do you think I'm I'm wildly off base here? As far as what is concerned, no, my opinion about that the Knicks would actually consider bringing James Harden in. You if, said it. They, there's a hundred decision makers talking to Leon Rose. Every single sell sell the Knicks to St. Louis or not. There's someone in that contingent that probably would consider it. So that way you can't say anything is uniform. I think the larger based off of their track record um, expectation we can have for the Knicks is that they wouldn't pursue another guard. What like track record? This. Can I, I want to hit on that for a sec. That what, they're what? much more patient, that he doesn't fit any of the models of what, when Jeremy went over that cap or no cap of a guy that is heavy on drives and uh, that chart that he had. That, I love that, I love the charts. I love the charts. I love the PowerPoints. Is it not fair to suggest the possibility 
Yeah, that of course. all of that stuff goes out the window if the price of the asset gets low enough. Not unfair, no, but I, I, that's the nature of the, the and, leadership structure that they have. You're and right. is it not fair to suggest that in every situation the Knicks have been linked to thus far, whether you want to say Zach Levine this offseason, uh, who else have they been linked to maybe having conversations about in this offseason? Maybe Paul George, um, Donovan Mitchell certainly last summer. Uh, maybe even go back the year before that. I don't know who they were connected to the year before that. In every single one of those situations, they're the party that they were engaging with, whether it was the Jazz last summer, whether it's the Bulls now, whether whoever, was not acting from a position of significant weakness. Would that be fair to say? Yes. Okay. Do we know the position of strength and or weakness that the Philadelphia 76ers are operating from right now? No, is because it, of the Embiid unknown leverage that he well, might be trying to pull. Because of the Embiid unknown leverage, but more than that, what's the history of signing trades? The history of signing trades is that the return is much, much, much less. Now, this is not, obviously not a signing trade. This is not a signing trade. Harden has opted in, but it was in the alternative of the alternative option would have been I opt out and I take hard Houston's money and you get nothing. One would presume. I'm presuming, maybe incorrectly, that that option was discussed ahead of time, and perhaps the Sixers were like, well, "Hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why don't we? Why don't we try to maybe work something a little bit different out?" Which, if that was, if that is an understanding between the parties, well, then perhaps the Sixers are not in a position to be like, "Oh no, no, we're not trading James Harden unless we get back X, Y, and Z." That I'm just like, we have zero track record. Like you mentioned track record of this organization. We have zero track record of this organization turning their nose up at talent. You know, and by the way, exhibit A of that wasn't that long ago that Kemba Walker got bought out by Oklahoma City with a knee that didn't work. And this Knicks were sitting there and be like, well, fuck it. it doesn't, he doesn't make any sense with our roster. He completely takes our defense, goes to shit. We don't, I, who knows if Julius Randle, how he's going to react to another guy being brought in who wants the ball, needs the ball, demands the ball. We're going to reorientate our offense. But you know what? We need a better point guard than Alfred Payton. Let's bring him in and let's see what happens. Well, guess what? Like, I understand this is a more significant financial commitment. Significant. It also costs you assets if you do this. That was a, a contract that they handed out. And it's also James Harden. And it's not I, Kemba Walker after he got waived. You're right that it's two different levels of player and ability at this point in their careers. That's the op- that's one of the obvious differences. But the Knicks are also operating from a position, and as far as I'm concerned, which is the more fascinating part of the conversation, that turning down a James Harden trade is an attractive notion. Now, I'm not yeah. saying that they don't enter this. I was you go to ba- the Bagley's tweet. I'm more fascinated in Popper's tweet. Maybe that's my own desires for what they do this offseason. Oh, um, I'm fascinated by it. The Paul George of it all, he actually does make sense on this team. I don't have a... De- like Fred said it last night, the basketball basketball fit makes perfect sense. Benji and then our, our consensus among our, our KFS crew is like, if you're just talking about the basketball fit, it makes sense. It's whether that basketball fit exists come playoff time because availability matters. Which, by the way, also should be mentioned about James Harden. Having said that, I, I'm, I don't, I don't know why 
I'm supposed. Am I pushing back on that? The Knicks might be interested in James Harden. No, I think they're interested in every star that becomes available. Or they that's all my, that's my only point. Do you right. stop right there? I don't there. know who's arguing against that. I don't know. What- I think there's a lot of people talking themselves think into. A couple people said it in the Substack chat, and you got upset. Okay, about it is what maybe happened. the universal just- opinion that I've seen because I curate who I follow is, of course, the Knicks are interested. They've been interested in the star since Leon Rose got hired. Okay, like, then we're on the same page. Is what exists? We're on the same- Of course, they're interested. I'm more interested in what you think. Should the Knicks go after James Harding? Fuck no. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, let me let me take it a step back. Do I think um, would I give up a single unprotected uh, draft pick for James Harden? Absolutely not. He can walk in a year. What? He can walk in a year. Yeah. No. That's that's yeah. absolutely not. Um, man, I think we actually share the same thought about the Knicks' involvement in this. Get involved if you can get Paul George. Well, that would be in a perfect world, but right. but. So then I guess the next question is if James Harden is going to the Clippers, does that make them more likely to trade Paul George? Want to trade Paul George? I do. But this also goes to my curiosity in the unknown that I don't know what's been discussed with Joel. What's been run past Maury. He, his track record is he's not trading a guy of his caliber of James Harden caliber for Terrence Mann and salary and picks it's to get another guy back so he can compete when he had to trade James Harden the last time out of Houston he quit like you had the thought prospect of potentially trading James Harden you know so it's why I assume that Maury entered this Lions den with the idea that I'm getting something back, which is why I wondered if Paul George for James Harden well, was in play. There's also a guy who compared himself to uh, baked goods a few days ago and has uh, done everything short of, you know, tattooing trade me on his forehead. And that's Tobias Harris. Oh, yeah. Um, which I saw a report from somebody suggesting or not suggesting that I think reporting that they and I, I wasn't sure about because the wording was a little ambiguous like the Clippers getting involved in Tobias Harris too but like Tobias Harris and James Harden which may sound crazy because they make a combined uh, 70 something in the low 70s millions of dollars except it's not that crazy when you look at the Sixers cap sheet because what do the Sixers have up and down their roster is guys who make enough money where you could aggregate enough salaries to make it so that maybe the Clippers end up with both of those guys obviously if they're doing that then I think Paul George is going out. And then the question is between the Knicks and between what else the Sixers send out, would it be enough to appease, sorry, uh, Clippers send out, would it be enough to appease the Sixers? Yeah. That's the interesting part to me. And is there a way where everybody actually, uh, you know, comes out of this happy? Um, I think like to honor the, the question that you originally, I don't think there are a lot of Knicks fans that think, the Knicks have no interest in James Harden. I think a lot of Knicks fans are frustrated that there may be interest in James Harden. But I think we've all come like the track record thing that I was talking to. The reason you get the president of CAA to run your team is because of recruiting opportunities. And as of right now, the big recruitment tool or, or prize that they've won is Jalen Brunson. So yep. I am under the assumption every star 
that becomes available, the Knicks will check in, have interest. It's the number one universal thing that we've heard from the Windhorsts and the Woges and pick your insider for the last couple of years. It's like the Knicks are in the market for a star. They're just going to be very selective about which star that is. At considering the price point, which again, I'll go back to, I would I love a James Harden trade here? Of course not. But if the Knicks got Harden and the, and the price was like not crazy, I look, I've, I've always been higher on Harden than you. We've, we talked about this many times. Mm-hmm. Um, the I, I, the fit with Brunson is what's what's tough to imagine because like there's no question who's going to have the ball in the last five minutes of a close game on this team. It's going to be Jalen Brunson, mm-hmm. whether James Harden's here, whether whoever the hell is here, it's going to be it's going to be Brunson that's going to have the ball, and that's the part of it that's tricky for me. Um, but you want to talk about a, I mean talk about a dynamite offense, man. It's <laughs> It's a great regular season team. It is a great regular season team. I'm and not sure the ceiling raises in the playoffs, but my it's a great regular season team. And my pushback to that, gentle pushback. Okay, pushback on playoff Harden. I want to hear this. No, my, I won't push back on playoff okay. Harden. Go ahead. My, well, my pushback on, on playoff Harden is for the first time, he wasn't like squarely the guy on his team this this playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. And he actually had some good games. He did. Ask a Sixer fan what game you remember. Now, that oh, may be I'm, unfair. That may be unfair because game six and seven shouldn't outweigh games four and one. But like, if the whole point of upgrading this roster okay. is to go to the next level... Let me I'm finish. Sure. Go ahead, Ked. Sorry. We, we, no, it's fine. I, I yeah. cut you off. God knows all the time. If Harden is... Uh, comes with the understanding and does the whole thing, sits up there at the press conference and is like, this is Jalen Brunson's team. I'm the shooting guard. He's the point guard. Um, he's It's his show. And I'm here to help Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle win a championship. Now, that's a lot of poppycock because when push comes to shove, we know James Harden plays no defense um, in some very important moments and doesn't have a playoff switch. That's your point. My point is, we just saw the first time in NBA history where a team won an NBA championship squarely because of their offense. They defended well enough. They defended well enough, notably, which is why I find it continually fascinating that what has Fred Katz been saying consistently, and we said it last night, loud and clear, who's the guy that the Knicks, after Jalen and Julius, are going to hold on to like grim death? Mitchell Robinson. I wonder how much internally... They think if we could just if we keep Mitch, we'll figure out enough to how to play defense. And then, by the way, look at the rest of their roster. Josh Hart, Emmanuel Quickly, Dante DiVincenzo. What all these guys have in common? They're really good defensive players. Um, I don't know, man. I uh, that would be that would be again. You had to finish. Sorry. No, no. I I don't have anything else to say. I'm just like offensively, that team would be. Be a ridiculous offensive team. One could argue it'd be the third best offense in the league. The problem is Knicks just had the I, third best offense yeah, in the league without him. Let's what? So and, and, we're and going we know instead, and who got further in the? Oh, they got the same distance in the playoffs. James Harden and the and, and, and we and they were exposed in the playoffs. 
And again, I get it. I'm preaching. I'm, your, your comeback is right there for you on a silver platter. And so James Harden is going to be the one who rescues you in the playoffs. I just wonder if he's in a particular role as a very, very clear second guy. I'm playing off of Jalen Brunson. I'm playing off of Julius Randle. Can I ask you, do you like him in that role? He played off of Embiid. He played off of Chris Paul. He played off of Kyrie. The only reason the Kyrie thing worked is because the other person on the court was Kevin Durant. And I'm just, I feel compelled to point out, yeah, exactly. And why didn't this thing, why didn't the Sixers work in the playoffs this year? Who had themselves a really poor playoffs at the end of the day, besides James Harden? Embiid and game, game six and seven specifically Embiid, yes. Joel Embiid was not good in the playoffs. We just saw Jalen Brunson be arguably, not even think arguably, better than Joel Embiid was. The players, definitely more impactful player. Yeah. Um, certainly on the offensive end of the court. So if we have confidence, like, man, we got one of those 16-game guys in Jalen Brunson to lead the charge. And your other stars that you bring around Jalen Brunson just got to have to play off of him. I'm just, look, man, that there's a, I don't blame them one second for having a very real discussion about this internally and, and, and at the very least figuring out what, what the Sixers want. Um, that's all. I'm sure they're having it internally. I'm, I'm positive they're going to have the conversation. And then the head coach that, we, that everybody's a fan of, that everybody loves, that's universal, John, the opinion of Tom Thibodeau. Um, he will then look at the defensive end and I think might overrule and be like, oh. hey, how about this Paul George guy? I no. wish I could bet you another beer on on a thing we'll never find out. On a thing we'll never find. <laughs> yes, sure. Am I Whether, only? Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. If Tom Thibodeau was given the choice, uh, it's RJ for Harden. A, a super chat from my dad just came in, and, and it's really big, and it just says KFS rules. Dad, I love you. I want to make sure you know I saw that. Um, um, we're gonna look, get to all the super chats. I, we are. I, I also just I, just I need yeah. to say this because you brought up the NBA champion. The Knicks would be trading for 33-year-old James Harden, not Nikola Jokic entering his prime. 100%. Like, there, there has to be that distinction. Absolutely. That, that they didn't win strictly on offense. They won because a generational player dominated the playoffs. Yes, was it mostly on the offensive end? Sure. He also, on the defensive boards, an impact in other ways. That's not going to happen if the Knicks are like, let's do that. Okay, who's Jokic? Oh, it's Harden? Great. We're going to get eliminated in the second round, maybe earlier again. I do not believe the Knicks with James Harden are... At the end of the day, at the end of the day, you do the trade if you think it makes you a championship contender, like a legitimate championship contender. Mm -hmm. On the surface, you'd say, no, it's too... It's it's a bridge too far. And then... and, And then I think back... To the Zach Lowe article oh. that dropped a few days ago, in which he basically openly asked the question around the league Did Miami making the finals materially change how teams approach their team building, you know, scenarios? And I f- found that piece to be very interesting. Um, that's all. Anyway. It's fascinating, the Miami piece of this. I more lean the Rosillo analysis of it, and it's that what the Heat did was an anomaly. It was unprecedented. Their shooters, their undrafted guys got hot and during the playoffs for two specific rounds against the Bucks and then the Celtics. 
and like we can't use them as the example. I understand the copycat league of it all, but let's respect yeah, no, the Heat for the anomaly yeah. run that they made. Who, who respects the Heat? Oh, I know, but I'm saying, okay, I'm telling Zach Lowe to respect uh, okay. the Heat for the no, he, special thing they did. You no, know, he, he, does. he clearly hates the Miami Heat. And I'm, <laughs> I'm telling Zach Lowe what is what. I'm saying we uh, shouldn't look at them as like, oh, now everybody's just going to make the eighth seed or be fine with yeah. being that. No, I think this was a rare thing. And we should expect ones and twos and three seeds to make the finals going forward. You know, I, I think we should also expect that. Oh.